there, I'm Osman Faruqi, the host of The Drop, a weekly culture show from the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age, where we dive into the latest in the world of pop culture and entertainment. September 11, 2001 is one of the most significant dates in modern history. The death of thousands of innocent people in New York City and the war on terror that followed fundamentally changed most of our lives. It's not the kind of subject that makes for a heartwarming comedy show, but that's exactly what comedian Pax Asadi has done. Shocking images from New York, both buildings of the World Trade Center, have been hit by hijacked planes. Okay, time to watch my show. Step in my show. He's a terrorist. Don't worry, Pax. Miss Peacock's not in the FBI. (laughs) (laughs) The New Zealand writer and actor's new show, Raised by Refugees, is streaming on Stan right now, and it's one of the best TV shows out there. The show's based on Asadi's real life, and it follows a young Pax as he navigates school, parents, and his first crush at high school, all while dealing with the challenge of being a migrant kid from the Middle East living in a Western country in the aftermath of 9-11. You boys excited for your new schools? I wish we didn't have to move here. What was your old school like? Pretty similar to this one. See, it wasn't so. What? Yeah. It's funny, it's tender, and it's got some of the best performances of the year. Today on The Drop, I'm joined by Pax Asadi, the creator of Raised by Refugees, to talk about his journey to making the show, how he found an actor to play a younger version of himself, and what it's like making a comedy about a terrorist attack. Pax, thanks so much for joining me on The Drop. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Congrats on Raised by Refugees. I, I think it's one of the, the funniest and, and I think most important shows of the year, the way that it highlights this you know, experience that so many people in New Zealand and Australia have, second-generation migrants from, from backgrounds like ours growing up in the aftermath of 9-11. Yeah. In watching this show, man, it's given me a lot to talk to my therapist about. It's about yeah. a brown kid growing up in the North Shore of Auckland, dealing with family, dealing with teachers, dealing with school, relatable for me. But I, I want to hear a bit about your actual life and, and the experiences you had and how real they are to the show. Thank you so much, man. Those kind words mean a lot, especially because this is the project that I'm prob- probably the most proud of in my career mm. to, to date. Yeah, I mean, you know, born and raised in New Zealand. Early parts of my life was was in West Auckland, um, which is a much more culturally diverse area. And, and I just felt like another brown kid. You know, I never even thought about the fact that I was Pakistani-Iranian. And then my parents moved to the North Shore, like you said. And, and it, was, it was a huge culture shock for me, moving to a place where very few people looked like me. And, you know, it was unfortunately timed with 9-11 happening. It just made me stick out even more. Um, and the show, yeah, like, I mean, the show, a lot of the things you see in the show happened. So the things that happened in the show kind of are split up into different categories. Some of the things that you see happened exactly when they happened in the show. And I've just taken them from that exact timeline and put them in the show. Some things that happened, happen at different points in my life. But what I've done is I've pulled them to this timeline. And then a few things that happened, you know, the core of the scene happened, but they've exaggerated it and turned it into something more for, for dramatic effect. But, you know, what, what's really fascinating about the show is the things that are the most true to my life are the saddest moments in the show. Mm. Tell me about 
how you found your way to comedy. I mean, has your comedy always referenced your identity and upbringing? I mean, do you think that you, you found comedy as a result of those experiences you're talking about as a way to try and work through them or, or deal with them? When I discovered comedy, I don't think it was that sophisticated. Hmm. I honestly think I was just trying to defend myself. Yeah, right. Like, like it was, it was very simple. Like I was just trying to like get to the punchline before other people could so that they couldn't hit me with the punchline. Like it's that whole thing of like, you know, like black people owning the N word. It's obviously not that extreme, Hmm. but it's a version of that, of like, I'm going to say the thing that you want to call me so that I have the power now. Right. Hmm. And that's where the comedy came from. I started to learn that like, if I make fun of myself, they can't make fun of me. And that started to become my identity. And in the show, you see Pax learn that and and adopt that, you know, that strategy. But it's the very early incarnation of that understanding. And, you know, as I got older and went to high school, it became stronger and stronger. And by the end of high school, like that was my identity. I was the funny guy. Like I didn't care about schoolwork. I didn't care about, I mean, I played a lot of basketball throughout my life. So I cared about basketball, but, Honestly, not that much. Like being in a basketball team was just another audience to do gags in front of about yeah, right. myself, you know? But yeah, like like I said before, it was never that sophisticated. I was never like, oh, I'm trying to work through the issues of being marginalized my whole life. I was like, I can just stop people from making fun of me for doing this. And also people think I'm funny and also girls think I'm funny and I like girls. Like that was <laughs> as simple. That was as simple as it was, you know? When you sat down to start actually writing this show, I can imagine, you know, you're doing a show, you're working through issues that are in some way universal. Like it's also a show that operates on a level of just being a high school drama where kids dealing with parents and teachers and uh, crushes and puberty and all that sort of stuff. But you are also talking about very personal experiences. Was any of that intimidating? Like actually deciding to write your relationship with your parents and your actual experiences going through puberty for example were you self-conscious about any of that at all dude it was so intimidating there were so many times where like in the writer's room i was like what are we doing why are we doing this (laughs) let's just make a sketch show you know like so many times i wanted to just like pull the plug and be like let's just make a silly talk show why are we doing this yo what did it feel like it felt like i peed in the bed but my pee was like warm custard it's talking about semen. Oh, I thought we were talking about the yogurt I spilled the other day on the carpet. But then I covered it up with the rug. Yeah, I love that rug. Oh, don't look at me. He did a semen, remember? It's one thing to like talk about it as a stand-up. You know, mm. stand-up is really raw. It, like, it, stand-up is really vulnerable. It's really raw because, you know, you're not playing a character. But there's a, it's a different level. It's another thing to like depict the moments frame by frame. Yeah. And and it's very clear to the audience that this kid who just jizzed his pants in his bed is you. And it's not bad. It's, it's a natural experience that 90% of us have. Like it's fine, but you are, you are laying the things and, and it goes back to like trauma. You understand as an adult that these experiences are completely normal experiences that you shouldn't be embarrassed about. But the feeling you had as a 12 year old when you jizzed your pants comes back and you can't control it from not, you can't stop it from coming back. And you feel like that embarrassed 12 year old kid again. And, and that's something that you just have to push through and, and be like, you know what? Like it does feel embarrassing, but um, the storytelling is more important and, and just push through that. Yeah. I can see that. Cause it, it's, it, it does two things, right? On one hand, the more 
intimate we we get an understanding of your life the the more we understand the character the more empathy we feel and you're kind yeah. of letting us in and we get it we're kind of on this journey with with Pax and his family but yeah. Yeah. yeah the more you show of yourself the more potentially you're you're re uh you know re-triggering some of those traumatic experiences as a kid yeah yeah totally i mean it was also intimidating to open up my my parents story in the way that i did because I'm now not only responsible for my own story, but I'm, I'm responsible for the people that I love, their story as well. Mm. Yeah. Tell me about that. I want to talk about both of those characters. I think that one of the most fascinating things about the show is it's only six episodes long, but it's so tightly written that you do get these arcs and these journeys with almost everyone in it. Yeah. As well as the show being based on, you know, your, your childhood and you writing it, you also play your dad, Afnan. It's a yeah. it's a very funny role, but it's also a very touching one. And I think your love for him really comes through really, really clearly. But Oh, thank you, man. W- was it at all strange to play your dad, especially when you're playing your dad against a fictionalized version of yourself? Yeah, yeah. How was that? It was real bizarre. On set, it was a nightmare because people would call for packs and both of us would be like, yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of research I can do to play my dad because I, the most, you know, I've done the best research, which is living with him. Mm. But yeah, it was, it was strangely easy to play him. Like I slipped into the role so easily and, and turned into my dad so easily. Boys, sing the national anthem. Why? Just do it. God of nations. Louder. We love this country. I reckon some of it was fun as well. I can tell you're having a bit of fun. Oh, totally. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. It was totally fun. Um, sometimes a little bit too fun. And I was like, come on, Pax, rain, rain it in. Like, this is your father. Like, yeah. don't turn him into like a crazy caricature of a Middle Eastern man. But like, you lose, you, you lose yourself in the, in the character and, and you're tempted to just go full blast crazy Middle Eastern man because that, you know, the comedic side of you wants to like milk every element of comedy out of it but you also have to have like this 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 element of reverence as well because you're like yes this is a comedy show and yes you are you have funny lines in the show but like you're also trying to depict your father as honestly and as truthfully as possible so it was a it was a real interesting balancing act that I had to play of like go to the comedic places but don't let it go too far and come back to real mm. but in in that in itself that was fun that learning process and that like figuring out the craft was really fun because I haven't done a lot of acting before this. So it was a real learning process for me as well to figure this all out. The character of your mum on the show, I mean, there's so much complexity there. Like she's trying to be a great mother. She feels disconnected from her family back home in in Pakistan. She's dealing with feeling like she's an other with all the other white women in her suburban street. Yeah, how much of that is based on on her experiences, and and did you talk to her about that before you wrote this? Do you know how she feels about the way that that's played out? Yeah, like you know, the character of my mother in the show, honestly, and and this this boils down to the fact that I made the very clear decision that this was going to be a comedy show first and foremost. If this was a full blown drama, it probably would have been a little bit different. Mm. But my mother's experience in real life is much sadder and much harder um, in, in terms of what she went through. My mother's, I think I would say my mother's experience is kind of painted with a brush of loneliness. Mm. Um, 
which is tough to say and tough to reflect on as you're writing the show, realizing like, oh man, how much my mom actually went through, you know, like she, she, you know, it's, it's talked about in the show, but she comes to New Zealand to be with this guy who, you know, and you know, they become refugees and, and she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to, you know, she had a good job as a nurse in Pakistan. She didn't have to do all that. And now she's not only, there's barely any Pakistanis around, but also she's in a family where they're all Iranians and she can't relate. And Mm. Yeah. So my mother's experience is, is a, is a tough one. Um, but something that I hope came through was that she was also quite a a funny person. And she's also Mm. quite, uh, um, even though she's quite serious and she's tough skin because she has to be, she still has the ability to make friends. Like, it's so interesting. Like Pax and Afnan are the ones that want to make friends the baddest. Like they, their desire to make friends is so deep and they fail. And my mom is the one who ends up making friends because underneath all the thick skin and the, and the say it like it is-ness, she's actually quite a soft hearted person and quite a funny person. And so she connects better than the two that it's so desperate to connect to. I think that definitely comes through. I mean, the casting, including of, of that character is extraordinary, but I've got to say the kids, the people, the younger actors on this show are just incredible. I think the the, the kid, uh, Adam Adam Lobo, who plays your younger yeah. brother, Mahan, I think he's the funniest kid yeah. I've ever seen on TV. He's he's unreal. Uh, Kinnis Binu, who plays you, it just nails it. Like, where did you find these guys? How how hard was it to cast yourself and, and your brother? So Adam, Adam was really easy because I saw him on an ANZ ad. Yeah, right. And, and, and he was so funny on that ANZ ad. So I was like, that's the kid. And we just contacted his agent and the agent was like, he's keen. And awesome. it was like, perfect. He's in. The kid playing me, Kenneth. So we had like 200 or so kids audition to play me. A couple of, uh, we had also had a couple of um, middle-aged white men who wanted to play me as well. To audition. <laughs> um, and some of them got to the last 10. No, I'm kidding. Um, but um, we had like a two, we had 200 kids audition and we got down to the last 50 and, and Kenneth was not in that last 50. Kenneth, I didn't even know who Kenneth was at this point. My wife and I were at the movie theater and we're watching Wonder Woman and there's a group of kids in the row in front of us and Kenneth is with that group of kids and Kenneth is clearly the clown of the group and he's yeah. doing gags and he's making his friends laugh. And every time Wonder Woman comes on screen, Kenneth stands up and claps. <laughs> I assume, I assume because because Gal Gadot is very attractive. Yeah. I, that's, I assume that's why he's doing it. And he's making the theater laugh. So my wife goes, "You have to talk to this kid." And I was like, "Why?" And she's like, "Your show, you idiot." And I was like, "Right." Um, and I was really nervous because I was like, "This is weird. Like, I don't want to just talk to a random like twelve year old kid." And my wife forced me to do it. And I was like, okay. So I went up and talked to him and I was like, Hey, Hey kid, you, you want to be in my TV show? And he, and he's like, well, this is weird. And so I cut to the chase and was like, listen, just give me your mom's number and production will contact her and, and I'll leave you alone forever. Mm. And he's like, cool. Does that production contacts his mom and he auditions. And I didn't think he would. He sends in a tape and he's hilarious in his tape and he's doing gags and he's, and he's great. And, and he comes to the, he comes to the, to the in-person audition and we find out that he's never acted a day in his life. Wow. And he doesn't know what's going on. He's so confused when he comes in for the in-person audition. But you know what? The twinkle in his eye that he has and the natural performance that comes out is, I feel like, only possible when you have a kid that doesn't know what's going on, but is naturally talented. Yeah, he's not cynical yet to the machinations of this industry. 
he's not cynical and he also isn't filled with structured step-by-step things to do when you're in an audition room. Mm. He just kind of walks in and just kind of like, is like, do I stand here? And we're like, no, man, the camera's over there. And he's like, (laughs) oh, okay. You know, like, and so, and he's like, oh, sweet. And he goes to where he's meant to stand and he faces the wrong way. But like, and it's just like, you see a real 12 year old kid and, and it was the most like me because I was a real 12 year old kid, you know, not to say the last 20 kids that we got down to all so talented, but what we were looking for manifested itself in this kid and, and we cast him and he, you know, like, I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't challenging for him. It was incredibly challenging for him, but he knocked it out of the park. Yeah. What a discovery. What a great story as well. Um, I mentioned earlier how, how interesting the show is in terms of there's so many ways you can, you can kind of meet it, right? Like if you don't necessarily have that firsthand experience that, that people like you and I do, the show works because yeah. it, it, it explains things, but it's also a very relatable show that anyone who was a kid in high school, which is all of us can, can go through dealing with yeah. teachers, parents, your first yeah. crush. But there is that extra layer of identity and culture, you know, like the, the crushes you have the crush you have is on this on this white girl, but all yeah. your friends are telling you, hey, you're brown. She only dates tall white guys. Can I say yeah. also something for me and my therapist to, to work through? Thanks for that. Uh, a, lo- a lot of that stuff is stuff I hadn't really seen worked through or explored in television much before. And some of the chats I've had with with white people who've watched the show, I'm like, oh, this is, this is a thing that happens. And yeah. You might not know about it, but it's really interesting for people like us. When you're thinking about who watches the show, was that a yeah. conscious part of how you were writing it? Who did you want it to be for? Or were you hoping that people who had that lived experience or people who didn't would both find something to connect to in, in, in the TV show? That was a conscious decision in the writing process. I wanted, I wanted everyone to be able to enjoy the show. Hmm. I didn't want to write a show that people like you and I would only connect with. And, and it's not, and it's, it's not because uh, I didn't want it to resonate with people like you and I, but I wanted to challenge myself to make a show that could resonate with everybody. Because at the end of the day, if you explore concepts properly, then you should be able to find things that everyone can relate to. Like feeling like an outsider because of 9-11, because 9-11 happened mm. is not the primary concept. Because 9-11 happened is the, is the backdrop. But the primary concept is feeling like an outsider. So if you can capture that and, and make that the, the, the concept that's front and center, now you're dealing with a, with, a, with a scene or a moment or a concept or an idea that everyone can relate to. And so that's something that I like try to work through is like sometimes I would write a scene and I would realize, oh, I'm making the, the backdrop the main character mm. when rather I want to make the experience, the main character so that everyone can relate to it because, and, and I, and honestly, as far as writing is concerned and, and as far as television is concerned, I feel like that's more captivating. It's really interesting to hear you say that. Cause I think that does come through in the show. I mean, obviously it's anchored to your experience, your family's experience, but we see yeah. that sense of otherness or of feeling like you don't fit in stretch, not just across characters from other uh, cultural backgrounds, like like the Tongan kids, the Filip- Filipino yeah. kids, but even the, yeah. the main antagonist who is this, you know, rich white guy who we hate, 
but we still yeah. get this glimpse of how maybe it's not as good as it seems and he's also yeah. struggling to fit in. And I think yeah. for a six-episode sort of 25-minute long show to kind of capture all of that, I think it's a real achievement, man. Well well done. Thank you, man. That 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 genuinely means a lot because um, I have never worked so hard on anything in my entire life and um, I really damaged my marriage to make the show. So <laughs> it's it's good to know that it, it's it's actually achieved what I intended it to achieve. And now I have to work through a broken marriage. <laughs> well, we can, we can um, watch that show in a few years as well then maybe as you try and rebuild the yeah. pieces of your marriage. My wife is so disappointed um, that I got a second season. <laughs> Pax Society, thank you so much for, for talking to me and everyone go watch Raised by Refugees on Stan. It's, it's really worth your time. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. This episode of The Drop was produced by Chi Wong with additional technical support from Cormac Lally. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, make sure to follow us in your favourite podcast app. Better yet, share it with a friend. I'm Osman Faruqi. See you next week.